Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am so thrilled to be here today with Ariana, but like maybe, but like actually, but like maybe. <laughs> but like I'm here. <laughs> it's Virgo season. You're a Virgo. You're a Virgo sun, a Cancer moon, Capricorn rising, just like myself, which is just, you know, uh, fabulous to connect with a fellow Capricorn rising. We could talk all about how much our lives suck. Um, that could be a really great bond for both of us. <laughs> Is that um, what Capricorn Risings do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Capricorn Risings think that they have to work harder than everybody else. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of like a relief because then when you're like, oh, wait, maybe I don't actually work harder than everyone else. Maybe I just feel like I do. Just feel like I do. It actually takes a lot of the pressure off. Okay. <laughs> I dig that. I can, I can see that. <laughs> um. So you grew up in the suburbs of Detroit and had a cliche Midwestern dream of moving to New York to work in fashion, worked for Ralph Lauren doing window displays and started drawing cartoons about relationships on the side after getting brutally dumped in Central Park one day by a guy who told you that you interfered with his meditation schedule. This is the bio that I have. This is the bio I'm working with. So <laughs> if I just ignored that and was like, great to have you anyway. No, we have got to talk about, <laughs> we have to talk about this piece of the bio. We have to talk about the Central Park meditation dump. Could you tell us that story before we go into Yes. It's my epic intro into basically anytime anyone asks me, you know, like how I kind of like got started with this thing. And I'm like, well, funny story. <laughs> So I was seeing this guy and like you said, I was very Midwestern girl. I like would rip out pages of magazines, paste them on my wall. I was very, very like wide-eyed, didn't even go to graduation, moved to New York, started working in fashion, ended up getting this job at Ralph Lauren, like doing, which was like super fun and creative working, doing window displays. And then I started dating this guy who also worked at Ralph Lauren. And I was like, oh my God, we're like this cute little vintagey weird creative couple and went to his meet his parents like somewhere I forget where he took me somewhere like on the east coast like we went to some tiny town where they had like lobster rolls whatever wow sounds expensive <laughs> yeah it was it was cute <laughs> and then we came back and he asked me to go on a walk in Central Park and I was like oh my god this is it he's gonna tell me he loves me like you know, I've, I've never heard the words before. And he sat me down at a park bench and he put his hand on my thigh and was like, listen, 
you are an amazing girl. But, and to anyone who's ever heard those words before, I like, I have like a funny saying, I'm like, it's like the speech, you're amazing, but like, it's like every, some sort of breakup, like starts that way or some sort of like pseudo breakup. If you're not even really dating the person, it's like, you're amazing, but here are the reasons why I don't want to be with you. <laughs> you know, it's like to compliment in between. And he was like, I'm just not myself at work right now. I really like I'm busy. And, you know, I just like my entire meditation schedule is thrown off. And I just remember thinking like, I wanted to cry, but at the same time, I wanted to laugh, like, because I was getting dumped for like the funniest reason. And I stood up and it was one of those, like, I felt very like sex in the city moments where I looked <laughs> yeah. at him and I said, I took his hand off my thigh and I was like, I never want to speak to you again. And I went out to Fifth Avenue because we didn't make it very far. We were like very on the edge of the park. <laughs> and I screamed like taxi literally screen taxi. I think that's the one and only time I've done that in my life. And got in a cab, never spoke to him again until like two years later, I think when I was drunk at a party and saw him and started yelling things at him. But yeah, and I always drew like, you know, when I was anxious, you know, to release things and pressure or anxiety or whatever it was. And so I went home and just started drawing these funny cartoons about me getting dumped. And I had been doing cartoons, but this was kind of like the impetus that like set it into motion. And like, you know, I always think like, it's great for artists or artistic people, creative people when something or anyone really like, when something like that happens, you turn your broken heart into art, you take something in your life, this pain and you turn it into something else. And that for me, it was just kind of this moment where I started, you know, letting it out. And it was kind of funny, you know, like my friends were like, like kind of cringing, but laughing at the same time. And then it was one of those weird things that like kind of started getting its own legs. And I, you know, was sending it to friends. I had a lot of friends who worked in fashion. Friend uh, put one up, you know, wrote some a piece on it in, on, in Cosmo. And that was really like kind of what took off. You know, I got some crazy amount of followers in a single day. I mean, this was back you know, year, years ago, like a few years ago, when that sort of thing still happened, like when you got like 10,000 followers in a day. And I was like, kind of like, I almost like threw my phone. I was like, maybe there's something I can <laughs> do with this. Like, what? What's happening? I was getting all these messages like, oh my God, this happened to me too. Oh my God, like girls were, and guys too were DMing me, asking for advice or sharing their similar situations. And I like, it was just this, this total communal feeling of like, me, I get what you're going through. I'm this happened to me too. Yeah, I, I love that because that really is like with your the work that you create and that you share, that is so much of the essence of it. It is so much of the inner monologue, you know, of the experience. And I it's kind of has that like Lizzie McGuire cartoon yeah. <laughs> kind of vibe where it's like the, the cartoon is the psyche that's like walking us through the neuroses and the anxieties and like the fears, but also like the confidence and like the bravery and the courage and all of those other important multidimensional things. I mean, in addition to them just being like so fun and so like fast paced and so cheeky, I think that what really makes them so resonant is just how intimate and honest they are too. Like there's a, there's a real layer of vulnerability in that work, which I think makes it really effective. I think that that's, I mean, that's definitely what immediately 
well, that, and you posted something about co-star. And I was like, no, 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 not co-star. <laughs> like the whole that I am. But it, I, it was that, but then the work really speaks for itself, I think. But going back to Sex in the City, just for a brief moment, would you say yes. that this ex was a burger ex? Because I'm getting burger vibes, but I also, they're all unavailable, most of the men on the show. So like, I don't want to project burger onto this person if he wasn't burger, you know? He, yeah, he could definitely be a type of a burger. Like, he's definitely a burger, maybe like a mix of a burger. It was weird because he started off like an Aiden and was like very much like the Brooklyn guy. He was so sweet to me, like wanted to treat me, like treated me so well. And then it was weird. It was like this point where I finally, what was frustrating for me was that he used to joke like that I didn't give him a chance and I was running from him. And I like was like, oh, you know. And then finally I was like, I let him in and it was that moment. And that's what I think, you know, I've been burned because this happens to me so often. I'm like, I run away. I'm like, I don't want, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then I let myself my guard down and I'm like, okay, you've been so sweet and persistent and kind. Like I need to like give real people, real men, like, you know, a shot. And then I do. And then it's like, Never mind. All of a sudden, 180s on me. And that's, I think, what was really frustrating about that particular situation was because I was like, wait, bro, you pursued me so hard. And I was like, no, no, no. And, and I think that's like what's kind of frustrating about it. Yeah. I mean, that's like such a real, the, the times that that has happened to me, I feel like in some ways are like some of the most traumatic endings. Yes. Because it's yeah. like, I didn't even like you. Like, I was yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, like I was following your lead. Like you seemed really into it. You seemed really persistent. Like I was yeah. giving you a chance because you see you were going above and beyond to try to prove yourself. I, I was a bitch. Yeah, no, I'm saying like <laughs> I feel like I was not nice to him at first. And I was like, I negged him. You know what I mean? And then I was like, okay, if you can put up with me, like, I don't know. Like, it, but it just, it, yeah, that's how that turned out. Yeah, so probably burn. But that's, I think, that's the trick of them. I mean, what my therapist said <laughs> after, <laughs> when I was living in LA, and maybe this is an LA thing, but this is also a New York thing. This is also, I also just like- I lived in LA, so I can relate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was like very dark there for me at the time. <laughs> my therapist said that that is like really classic narcissistic behavior, which is that they- mm. It's like when you are being sort of like love bombed, pursued, and then you're not interested and then you're like, okay. And then you sort of like lean into it and then they're like, actually got to go. That's because they don't actually want to get too close. It's because they want to create, they like the idea of somebody. But then once there was true, there was an opportunity for real intimacy to be developed. They aren't, can't exist with you anymore. Ah, I mean, that's such like, a, I did a cartoon about that. It's like, you know, what are you holding on to in a relationship? Like I, you know, you think about it and you're like, did I like them or did I like the idea? And, you know, I think so many times, you know, I've said this, like I portray sometimes being like the victim on my Instagram romantically, but you know, I've done it too. I've liked the idea of someone I've done it in reverse as well. So it's funny, like I'm starting to notice I'm like, oh, I did that too. You know, he did that to me, but I did that to this guy. You know, it's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of an interesting thing. And I write about this in my book a little bit, like that there is this flow between the empaths and the narcissists and like they both coexist, but you could swap mm. your role, you know, depending yeah. on the situation. Like I am n- no doubt a huge empath, but the same part of me that developed into an empath where I can, I'm super fucking sensitive and I can like, you know, I feel people's emotions is also based on the same part of me that can create walls and can ice people out and can make a choice to sort of like not bring people in. So I have to be careful. And I think anyone who's a sensitive person can't just like assume that they're sensitive and they're going to be nice no matter what. Like these roles can switch. People are fluid. And especially like, you know, you're a Virgo son and Virgo is one of the mutable signs. And we've often forget, especially with Virgo, because Virgo is so like, you know, organized and type A and perfectionist and all of those things that may or may not be true. But we forget that Virgo is one of those fluid, mutable signs that can change that isn't just static. It's not stuck. You know, we are right now here in the Northern Hemisphere between the seasons of summer and fall. So we're in a between sort of threshold. And all of the mutable signs, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, all have that sort of like, "Mm, I don't know, (laughs) maybe, but like maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's good to know because I feel like I'm in like that kind of a place right now. And so funny, like I was, I'm so Virgo in so many ways, but then sometimes I'm like, what am I? Who am I? Yeah, yeah. And I think that Virgos, for some reason, don't get a lot of room to do that, you know, because we assume that Virgos are going to be, I mean, you're a Capricorn rising, I'm a Capricorn rising, if there's any sign that's like, like the fucking trunch bull, it's Capricorn. That is like, Mm. I actually put that as in the Capricorn rising meme is like, I I personally really relate to the trunch bull. I think that that is a character that is you know, very one dimensional. But if you go to the backstory, Agatha, like what a journey this woman has gone on. Like what an yeah. unfortunate situation <laughs> that things have escalated so horribly. Listen, it's hard out there for the trench ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Virgo is, is less rigid in a lot of ways. It's much more malleable. Yeah. Like I eat someone, I was dating this guy and he was like, so you have to do this every morning and this, you do this every night. Like, cause I have like these isms, right? Like I wake up and I have the exact same thing for breakfast every day. And like, when I go to bed, like I'm, I'm a freak. Like I wear earplugs. I like use this. I like have a routine because I have sleep problems. And like when something disrupts my, like, I get like all anxious. When something disrupts your meditation schedule. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh my god i can relate um no but then but then sometimes it's like oh i'll get invited out for a weekend tomorrow like i'll go do it you know it's like i i'm like i can be spontaneous and messy in certain ways but yeah there's definitely the virgoism so since you started but like maybe and your cartoons and you started to sort of speak through that language how has that progress like do you see that central character as yourself do you see it as sort of an extension of self do you see it as the collective self like how as your audience has continued to grow have you continued to develop this voice it's so interesting because when I first started it was definitely like me and exactly what I was going through like at the time you know I always 
talk about like in my book, I actually talk about um, like self-love and kind of like how weirdly this experience of putting myself down in like these funny ways through these cartoons kind of like built my self-confidence by exposing like all my anxieties and you know, what made me sad or what broke my heart. I like kind of made this thing that I was able, like now I'm a full-time artist. Like, you know, I'm, I'm my own boss and like, now I love what, like I'm proud of myself and confident. And I didn't really have that before to be completely honest. I was insecure. I mean, we all, I am still like, you know, I'm getting better. I feel like as a day go, every day goes on because of this thing that created where I flaunt my insecurities. So it's kind of this fun, like, you know, dichotomy, but like, I now it's almost like taking a life of its own where, you know, it may be what I'm going through. It may be what I went through five years ago. It may be what a friend is going through. I may be at dinner. Like last night I was at dinner and someone like said a funny story and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I wrote down a note about like, you know, something that a bit that came to me um, because of that story. And there are things that I just like, or, you know, pop culture through the world that I'm like putting out there um, or, you know, in a time like where I think we need to something uplifting. I'm like, okay, let's like, let's do something super positive today, but it isn't necessarily what I'm going through at the time. And it's funny. Cause like, I have to even say that to like, let's say I'm dating a new guy and they're very, you know, interested. I'm like, don't worry. Like, you know, it's Friday. So I'm putting a meme, out, not meme. It's I'm putting a cartoon out about, going and getting drunk and seeing my crush but like I don't have a crush you're my boyfriend you know like, yeah. it's like <laughs> you know but it's like but it's Friday and I want and I know that like when I was single and wanted to relate you know it's like there's it's not necessarily what's going on in that time but I'm trying to think of like a collective like world now you know rather like I'm trying to think of her the character I think she's almost me frozen in a certain point in my life where mm. I can look back on and be like oh you know, like silly me kind of like, but she's learning, you know, but she has to learn through mistakes. And I'm still learning. You know, I think everyone always is. So and have you found that your, your audience is has continued to be sort of a certain age range? Are they growing up with you? Or is it continuing to resonate for people who are at that point of life where they're just like, truly trying to figure everything out? I mean, it it is interesting. I think, you know, it's definitely the age range has stayed the same. And I think at, in different parts of the country, like, you know, in Michigan, where I'm from, people get married at 23. But and, and in New York City, it's like you're married. Sometimes you're not married till 43, you know, or not, you know, it's it's all different. But sometimes I feel like it's either current or nostalgic. I have a, I get a lot of comments that are like tagging a friend being like, Oh my God, remember those days? Or, you know, when you were in that sorority or remember. So it's almost like it's interesting. Either I have followers that are going through it currently or kind of love it as like a, like a reminder of who they were. And that's even sometimes for me, like I like putting it out there therapeutically as like, I don't necessarily do this anymore, but there was a point where, gosh, was I so silly and stupid and like sending these texts and waiting around for these guys. Oh, you mean accidentally, accidentally texting someone? Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite. Yeah. But then still do, but then realizing sometimes I think there's this idea that, okay, we have to, 
at a certain point, we don't do this anymore. At a certain point, we know. At a certain point, we understand better. And I think what I'm learning is I don't think that's necessarily, I think we always are going to sometimes make a mistake. We're always going to, and you know, I think what comes is just afterwards, realizing, learning, understanding better, you know, or giving yourself a little bit of a break. Whereas maybe before you wouldn't do that. But I, I, I don't believe in the fact that like, there's a certain point where you know everything. And I think that's like where we have to give ourselves a little bit of a break. Definitely. Yeah. I, I love that. And Definitely when I'm, when you post something, it either hearkens to some internal monologue, past, present, or maybe future, because I do yeah. feel like even if I'm not drunk texting guys being messy at the bar at 2 a.m. playing fucking like cell phone roulette to see who texts me back first, like uh-huh. I still, that part of me still exists. It just doesn't manifest in that way. Yeah. And it doesn't materialize in that it, you know, it doesn't show up like that, but like that tricky, mischievous, chaotic person is still very much who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, you know, there's also like drama at any age, you know, I've been, I've been friends with kids and it's like, it's almost like that big little lies, like the moms at the, at the school with the kids and like <laughs> who kills someone. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, but like, you know, that, that, that internal gossip and the thing like there's always it's like at every age it's just different it's just like it's always there's something but it's just different yes totally i love that so much i'm curious about like your process so you for instance the other night you heard something at dinner and you're like oh like that is inspiring that gave me an idea do you have virgo systems set up for yourself where you do a certain thing every day or Do you just, do you create work when you are sort of like spark? Do you collect inspiration and then try to act on it? Or like, well, one, what's your process? And then two, how do you keep yourself inspired? Um, I definitely, I have like a notepad. I was actually, I met a guy last night and we were like, or not last night, the other night we were comparing notepads, like in a funny way and like joking of like, cause he was an artist too. And we were like, what did, what's on yours? What weird stuff is on yours? And like, you would look at mine and it'd be like date ran away or like burger over sex. Like, you know, like funny, just like things like that. Cause I'll be, maybe I'm out and I'm, you know, like tipsy and I write something down or maybe I'll, you know, be with a friend or I'll be on a work call or something like that. And I think of something funny. Um, so it's like this random list. And usually what I do is I don't like do a bunch of cartoons. I don't have like a bank and that I just pull from there. Every one that I post is made that day. So, and I, yeah, I don't do a bunch of the time. Like, and sometimes I've learned too, like, I, I sometimes put this pressure on myself. I'm like, oh, you haven't posted in like three days. You have to do something today. It's like, no, I have to just wait until it's real and I'm inspired and it's funny. Cause otherwise it's not gonna, you know, people won't respond to it. Cause it's not true. Like it's not real. Like if I'm trying to force something, you know, but yeah, I will sit down. Uh, usually if I look at my pad and I'm like, okay, this is the one I really want to do today. You know, then I'll sit down and draw it and put it out there in the universe. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I have tried to do that. Like banking, like batching. Yeah, batching. What do they yeah. call it? Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> I can't do it. It doesn't work I for me. Batch. No, I, it does not work for me. It is so boring. Yeah. It feels so clinical. Mm-hmm. I, it needs to have that special 
spark of frenetic, like, I gotta do this. Like I have this, I guess like lightning in a jar kind of feeling where it's like, mm-hmm. I, if I feel it, if I saw something and I'm like, oh my God, I need to talk about this celebrity couple right now. Or I need to, mm-hmm. like, I just saw this image and I need to figure out the words to make this a meme right now. Yes. I can't I know that uh, capture that, you know? Like, I mm-hmm. can't be like, Mondays are my day to collect images <sighs> and then find right. funny things to put on them. It's, it really feels empty for me. It does. I have this one, I always think to this one thing I saved of yours, and I think, think about it all the time. It's like kind of one of my mantras. I probably am butchering the wording, but you said something like, what's meant for you won't pass you by. And I was just like, that's, I think about that all the time. Like you can't, or you can't mess up what's meant for you or something like that. It was something like that, what you said. Yes, yes. And it's true. And I think about that all the time. Like I, I, you know, will date someone and I think about like, oh gosh, did I get too drunk at this party? Or did he not like that I said that at dinner? Did he not like, did I expose too much of like a past relationship or did I say something? And it's like, you can't like mess something up. If they like you, they're going to like you. No matter if you say the thing, if you don't say the thing. You know, but I, that was just like, I don't know why that just came back to me as like one of your, the favorite things that gems I've gotten from you, because sometimes I need to calm myself down. Thank you. And I blame myself for ruining things. (laughs) I do too. I mean, and that was, I had just come out of yoga and I was thinking a lot about, you know, about this opportunity that I had just met and spoken with the people about. And like, obviously I started overthinking the way I was talking and handling it and like how much I shared and was like too eager. Was I not eager or fucking enough? Like I was just like really going on about all of the ways that this could, I could have fucked it up. And then I had to like, you know, I had one of those like obnoxious cliche, like yoga, you know, 50 Uh 50 (laughs) minutes in and I'm like, I couldn't have messed it up. And if I messed it up in a 30 minute zoom call, like it was, it's too fucking fragile. Then clearly it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would be, I, I, then I wouldn't have any room to be myself and I wouldn't have any room to be the person that I am who is imperfect. Because if I have, if everything has to be so fucking precise in order for something to come into fruition, then like, that's not the right opportunity for me to begin with. Because then I'm going to fuck it up, you know? Correct. Yeah. And I had a friend tell me the same thing. They were like, Ari, if, you know, if he doesn't like you because of that, or if he doesn't, if he thought that was weird, then like, he's got, there's way more weird coming. <laughs> and like, and then, then he's not the one for you, you know? Because like, if that's going to throw him off, then like, you're a hurricane of that. So don't like, you know, and you need someone who can like, be down for the weird. So, you know. Yeah, totally. It's not meant for you. But like, I wouldn't have been able to create that statement. And it's not like a groundbreaking statement. Like I've certainly heard various iterations of it through through time. But the words that came to me were inspired by what was really happening sort of in my consciousness and how I really had to sort of like, you know, the words that I needed to find in order to soothe my anxiety at that moment. I can't batch that shit. 
It's like unbatchable. It's unbatchable because it's honest. And I feel like that to me is the difference between, well, that's at least what I hope people see in my work um, is how like much of a one-to-one it is to my psyche and to my experience and to my truth. That's definitely what I see in yours. And I honestly feel like it really shows. It really, you can feel it when somebody is contriving something and when they're like trying to commercialize it or when it's just really an extension of who they are and it's coming from their soul. Yeah. It was uh, funny. I had a friend who said the other day, I was dating someone like a month or two ago and my friend (laughs) joked, she was like, well, if you know, if you didn't keep getting your heart broken, you're like, or if you didn't keep like dating the wrong, like, you know, think of it's great material. (laughs) Like, and I was like, Oh, am I just going to keep, you know, doing this for the rest of my life? Like there was a moment where I was like, (laughs) (laughs) well, no, you won't, you'll, you'll change and, and grow through that and grow. Yeah. But she was like, at least it's material. I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, I do think about like, I, I mean, I think about that is the case for everyone. I think that people, the shitty things that happen to people are their material, no matter mm-hmm. what. So like yes. when I have clients who have gone through serious traumas, you know, like real, like we're talking like really heavy fucking shit. I'm like, uh-huh. you probably cannot just integrate into society as a, you know, work a nine to five job, like bury this and not have this be, you know, a main sort of healing modality of your life. This can't be an afterthought, you know, when you've gone and like, mm-hmm. so this is on, on a spectrum of like, this is like some of the worst things that could happen in someone's life, you know, sex, you know, horrible assaults, losing a parent, you know, losing a friend, you know, just like really traumatic things. Like, no, often the worst things that happen become the things that we end up needing to connect with other people on and building community around, you know, because it's the same way as like when you're in math class and you're like, I have no idea how to solve this problem. And then someone's like, I really don't know how to do it. And you're like, here, let me help. And you're like, oh shit, I know. I figured it out. Like (laughs) I know how to do it. It's like, yeah, when you help other people who are going through similar things, you do end up helping yourself. It is very healing. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. someone who's like on one far end of the spectrum of having had horrible things happen to them, or all of the messy, stupid, shitty things that happen in our 20s into our 30s, like all of like the mistakes that we make, instead of being like, oh, no, these are getting in the way. It's like, well, maybe they actually that is your unique sauce, you know, that is like your special recipe. Oh, it is. Yeah, the special sauce. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I know. I definitely agree. Um, You know, I don't think I'd be anywhere without without the trauma. (laughs) Totally. I don't. I mean, I've built a, like a, a career on it, I guess. I don't like it. That sounds so strange to say, you know, and I, I, it's not like, and you know, it's like little thing. It's not anything, you know, that has been incredibly like destructive uh, to my life, but you know, it's, it's something that everyone goes through, which is love. And, and that's, and you know, I do cartoons about other things, but I think if anyone was to tell you, like the cartoons about dating is really the most about what, what I do. But yeah, like you need the things that feel good that you need the new crush feeling and you need to know what the other side feels like. Yeah. And working through that, like, has there ever been something where you've been like, 
<laughs> like this is too vulnerable to share or I went yes. too far with this post. I have had incidents where I don't anymore. Like I take, I like, I take a step back now when something happens in my life, like really like, let's say dramatic or, you know, there's a breakup or, you know, let's say, I, I'm just saying not that this happened, but like a guy cheated on me or a guy, like, you know, I find something out, uh, like it's revealed. It's like, you have to take a step back because I don't want to weaponize my account and I don't want to use it to hurt someone. And generally the feelings I'm feeling, the instant ones at least, are very strong and I need to like calm down. Um, but what I will do is if there's something like a gut check feeling, let's say I think would be universal, like I'll write it down and maybe I'll save it for six months later. I will, if it's super personal and the person will know and my friends will know. And, you know, New York's a small scene. Like, you know, I save it, you know, for maybe six months down the line, a year down the line, but like I just don't. I've had situations where I was really, really angry with someone and hurt. And, you know, I did a cheeky cartoon that like alluded to them, but not really. And, you know, it didn't make them feel good. It didn't make me look good. And, you know, I just was like, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore because it's too personal and it's not just me. And it's like, and then I'm also basically like taking something and having hundreds of thousands of people laugh along at them or with them, with me, you know, and it's not necessarily the right thing to do, you know, even if they did screw me over or whatever, you know, if it's something serious like that, you know, that happens. So yeah, I think now I'd take a beat. And you know, I've had guys tell me straight up, they're like, so would you do a cartoon about me? Like, you know, I'm, I have to be honest, like I'm a private person and I don't know if I'd be down with that. And I'm like, I totally understand your like your cause for pause like and it's it's now I think five years ago would have been a different story but now it's it's almost like it's its own machine and you know I wouldn't I wouldn't do that anymore so but yes I've learned definitely. <laughs> I mean I definitely I guess by the time this comes out this episode I think my book will be out so mm -hmm. hopefully, I mean, I think that by this point, people will know that it is not like the horrific tell all that I have been threatening it would be, uh -huh. but that has definitely been my joy for the past, like, I don't know, two years in the writing process is teasing on the internet of like, Hey, anyone who fucked me over, like, guess who's writing a part memoir? Me. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. I have gotten so many messages from the shittiest people being like, Hey, oh, yeah. just wanted oh, yeah. to make sure like, I got we're good. Too. And I'm like, yeah. I hope you pre-ordered bitch. And yeah. at this point, everyone will know that I'm, I'm not going through and naming names. It's more like yeah, emotions no, yeah. and impressions and experiences. But yes. yeah, I definitely have really enjoyed like making people get a little trembly over the past two years. Oh, for sure. And it, <laughs> it, was, it was a similar thing with my book. It was similar. It's more like feelings. And, you know, it was I told those scenarios. What was interesting is like I will put a post out there about a personal situation if it's like making fun of myself, I guess. Like, let's say I got on a date and I 
God, I don't know. Like my, I'm just like pulling something out of nowhere. Like my dress falls off or something or something, you know, I fall, I trip and fall into like a plate of spaghetti. Like I would do something about that. Yes. Like all day. I will make fun of myself all day and they can know. But I just, now I've learned because like my entire book, basically it's called, but like maybe don't, it's like what not to do in dating. It's stories of all the insane things I did calling them, telling them they're my boyfriend, like things that I did, like crazy things. Like, so I was okay, like telling those stories, but like, do I want to tell the thing where I like, where I broke someone? Yeah. It's like, you know, and also like, sometimes I'm like, now I'm like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, he wishes he would, I would do a cartoon about him. No. I'm going to act like I'm having the best time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true. I mean, that would, that's like an incredible, do you think that now it's the flip where people are trying to get into your life with the hopes that they're going to get a cartoon? I have definitely had, um, it's, I don't think I'm anyone special, but I've definitely had guys been like, Oh, so like, was that about me? Like, and I'm like, like that I'm current, like that I've been dating, like, and I'm like, no, and you were like, oh, well, you did a cartoon about a guy that was 6'3". And I was like, first of all, honey, you're 6'1". But like, <laughs> like, like, get so, I think a lot of times we're like, oh, girls are so introspective or girls think things are about them. Like guys do that stuff too. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had guys that it, they seem a little too eager. Uh, you know, they want to, they seem like they want to be the, the source or the star. Oh, that is so obnoxious. That drives me mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, another thing for guys to feel entitled to. Yes. Uh-huh. Is getting to be cartooned. No, no, no. no. Not happening. No. They wish. Yeah. Like I did a post that was like, basically, I bet you think this post is about you. Like the song. And because it, like, it's like. I saw that one. That was, that yeah. was amazing. That was amazing. It's true. Like sometimes like even I, which frustrates me in the artistic process. Like the other day I thought of this cartoon. I was like, Oh my God, this is so funny or relatable. And I'm like, if I post this, he's going to totally think this is about him. And I'm like, I just can't give him that satisfaction, like, you know? And also like, or I don't want to look like I care that much because I like, it's not like anything. And like, it's just like, Oh, I just don't want to look like that girl that's using it for this thing. It's like, like it's been a blessing and a curse in a way, you know, you're like, I wanted to use everything. And now I'm like, Oh man, like, I don't know if I want him to give him that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do understand. I mean, that I think is part of the beauty of how intimate your work is though, of like, mm-hmm. well, what, you know, 250 plus thousand people are seeing and witnessing is also like, you're there being like, shit, should I post it? Is this person going to think it's about them? It is about them. I don't want them to know it's about them. Like, right. And that's what makes it so relatable. And so raw is that it's not just this like factory of like here, like millennial pink. This is what girls yeah. like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had, I've had friends actually reach out to me, even subcon. like, I don't even know. Sometimes they're like, are you okay? It kind of seems like fire cartoons and the things you're posting that you're like going through a tough time. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, or, you know, like I've had guys write me and say like, so who's the new dude? Cause I've posted a, a lot of happy or like new crush or like, 
you know, like lots of hearts, like and happy stuff. And I'm like, man, maybe like, like maybe I am not even knowingly, even actively trying not to post what state I'm in. Like I'm posting what state I'm in, you know? Yeah. And, and is it true? Like when your friends reach out to you or you do have a new crush, like, is it a one-to-one? Generally they're right. You know, (laughs) generally it's like, even when I'm trying to hide it actively, it's like, I can't, you know, it's like bizarre. I am very like, you know, when I'm happy, I'm, when I have a new crush, when I am into someone, I am like literally walking on air. And I always tell people like, it's the best feeling on earth. Like I even like, I, I, did, I did this for a brand one. It's like a wine bottle of like new crush feeling. You know, it's better to have had it than never had it at all. It's like, it's the best thing in the entire world. Even if you only have it for a week and then the guy ghosts you or whatever. I'm like, it was still the best week ever. Like That's so interesting. I think that I do not miss having crushes on people at all. Oh, really? Oh, I love oh my it. God. I, it, it was, <laughs> it felt like torture to me having a crush on someone it's terrifying but it's the best kind of terrifying i think when you're both in that honeymoon crush phase i think if it's not reciprocated obviously like you know that fucking sucks and i've had that a million times too but like when you're both in that new tingly like obsessive each other like talk about like running away to paris together kind of like stupid things that you say when you first meet someone and you're obsessed with them like it's to me it's like nothing else I love that you've literally like bottled that sensation because it is, it, it does feel like something that needs to be contained because like once it bursts, like it does go flat. I mean, I actually think that like a bottle of champagne as a new crush feeling is like such a loaded and powerful metaphor. Great. That's a great point. I never thought about it that way. (laughs) Because yeah, it's like, it's only as soon as it's out, it's like, it's, it explodes and then it's like you're sticky and then it's like flat (laughs) and then you're like oh my god it's fucking it's it's like not even prosecco it's like yeah do you even drink it now yeah it's like disgusting i'm gonna get a headache it's flat (laughs) but like it looks really cute and like the idea of it obviously is fabulous wow Okay, so now I have two questions to ask you, and then I would love to pull a tarot card for you if you are interested. Oh, gosh, yes, yes, please. Okay, so my first question is, what do you believe in? I believe in picking yourself up and trying again. Spoken like a true Virgo. Beautiful. Thank you. Love it. (laughs) That's it. No need for elaboration. In all forms of life, romance, work, everything. I love Keep it. trying. Yeah. Question number two, how does magic show up in your life? I think magic shows up through the people I love. I think I see little sparks of magic. Like we were talking about, like in a new crush, when I see, you know, a parent again for the first time in the year, when I see, you know, in, in like little just bursts of love, I think. I love it. So I, this is also, we didn't really talk about your cancer moon very much. But Cancer Moon loves to be in love. Oh, that makes sense because I love that. <laughs> yeah. It I can, do. The moon is, the, is our emotions. Cancer is obviously ruled by the moon. So it's, it's very happy to be in that placement. And then the Cancer Moon energy is just like, just like a hopeless romantic in perpetuity. Yeah. I mean, listen, I miss being in love. It's the best. What's life without it, to be honest? So, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think that, I mean, my, 
sort of hard, skeptical, like I hate everyone. I have been burned a million times over is obviously a defense mechanism. I love, Gotta love, try again. love, love. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm very happily engaged. We just signed our wedding contract yesterday, Yay. like a big fucking adult over here. I know it's crazy. And this is, I think also why I love your post so much is because it connects all the dots of the story, you know, of like even being able to be at the point where I am now in like a happy, healthy, stable, non-fuckboy relationship. (laughs) I would hope so. He's going to be my fucking husband. That would be a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it took me a long time to get here and it took me a lot of trial and error. And I had to like go through all of the, (laughs) all of it all of it in order to appreciate like, oh my God, this love doesn't have to be erratic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be frenetic. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be destabilizing. It could just simply be be this platform that's helped support. Mm -hmm. So I have my tarot cards here. The way that they work best is when there is a specific question that you have that you would like to ask. The general, like what's the vibe? could sometimes get a little bit messy because we're like, wow, what's it even speaking to? So if there's a specific question that you want to ask, that is my preference. Do I know my next relationship already? Or like, what what does that look like? I guess. Do I know my person already? I guess. I always think that's an interesting question. Yeah, sure. So do I know my, do I know my next love? So for the cards, since the cards aren't like yes or no, why don't we do like, what does your next love look like? Look like because then yeah. that could also give us information as to whether that person seems to be a character in your life currently or not. Okay, cool. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So what does your next love look like? Pile one, pile two, or pile three? Three. Excellent choice. Okay. So what does your next love look like? Let us see. Aha. Okay. Four of cups. So as you can see, this little, this little emo guy is Uh sitting there pouting, being like, ho hum. Um, and this cup is literally, there's a miracle happening. This cup is coming from mid air being delivered. But this guy is like, I don't have what I want. I'm, I'm so focused on none of these cups working out that I don't see this cup currently, you know, just being delivered as a miracle. So I think that it's very likely you do know this person. And I would wow. say that it's very likely that you aren't seeing this person or that if you I'm don't, not, or they aren't, you aren't, if you don't, it could be that you haven't met this person yet, but it's someone who you would not pay attention to because you're more focused on the things that haven't come to fruition. So whether or not you do currently know this person, or this is someone who like, you would not pay attention to if you met them. This is someone, the miracle is something that you wouldn't, that doesn't look like your past experiences. Oh, cool. Because if you're too focused on what didn't happen and like these things, you're not, you're going to miss this incredible opportunity. Wow. So I have to be attentive. Yeah. And also like not putting your energy into what isn't but keeping your energy open for what could be what could be or like what didn't yes yeah that makes sense yeah so if if there's something that it's like oh like i really wanted a relationship to look like this or i'm really disappointed it didn't work out with him or like we're still texting like 
all of that is going to keep you more focused on the things that aren't coming to fruition than the magic that might be developing without your awareness of it, you know? Wow. Cool. I could talk about it. I could dig dig into this all day. <laughs> I feel like that. Well, you can. Four of four of cups is the card, and okay. yeah, you can. You could definitely muse on that because I think that this it feels very um, inspired as a choice. I feel like this is definitely your card. Wow, it does. It does seem that way. Yeah, I'm really. I'm excited. Me too. Ooh, I'm excited to see what happens. Who is the four of cups going to be? Yeah, I'll keep you posted. Well, this has been so lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you and continue to get to know your work? Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Uh, they can find me at, at but like maybe on Instagram. Uh, and then they can buy my book, but like maybe don't on Amazon, at any major bookstore, Barnes and Noble, everything. Um, and indie bookstores too. Um, but and my website's in my I'm like link in bio, but, but like maybe. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa.